What is up, everybody? This is the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Summerlin, and I'm joined today, just like I am every single Sunday, by Curtis Hirsch and uh, Tucker Bagley to recap the NFL Sunday that was. As a reminder, we do this live on YouTube every Sunday at 7.30 Eastern. Uh, you go to Sharp Football, you go to YouTube, search uh, Sharp Football, and you'll find our YouTube channel. It's on there. And I thought we were going to have a nice, easy start to to the podcast. I thought that we were going to just kind of see out the end of these afternoon games. And then Jalen Hurts threw an interception. The Jets have scored a touchdown. And I need to see, I need to get live thoughts from Tucker on uh, how he's how he's feeling right now. Well, I think allowing Breesall to score there was the smart move, right? I think the way the Eagles sure. lost that, the Super Bowl a few was. months ago, yeah. they, they understand that letting the Jets, you know, burn the clock to zero and, and kicking a field goal there gives them no chance to win. At least now they have a shot with two timeouts and a minute 46 to go. But, I mean, they've turned the ball over four times today. We're going to talk about the injuries with them and, and every other team as we move forward over the next hour or so. But can't lose the turnover battle for nothing when you're missing three starters in your secondary and, and expect to win, even if uh, Zach Wilson is on the other end of the field. So just a, a pretty poor showing from them through the first 58 and a half minutes or so. Um, as I didn't seen. turn around, but why did they score so quickly? It seems like uh, the wrong thing to do there. We've seen some really questionable calls by coaches today. Yeah, I thought it was weird because I obviously in the heat of the moment, you try and stop him. But I thought it was weird that the Eagles chased down the, the defensive back and, and tackled him. I probably would have let him score and kind of, you know, let things play out and get the ball back down six. I, I'm taking my chances with Jalen Hurts in two minutes left. Like, Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, I, yeah, like I said, I think it's a bad move because you saw, once again, in the Super Bowl, um, Isaiah Pacheco, I think it was, it was either him or or one of their other running backs, fell at the one-yard line when the Eagles tried to let them score and they, they burned the clock down and kicked the field goal. And here what they've done is basically the opposite. They let Brees Hall walk in, and he was all too eager to, to get in the end zone and really give the Eagles another shot. To, to come back here. Yeah, and it's, you know, we we were going to talk about at the top here, my kind of question. I do the power rankings every Monday to Tuesday at Sharp Football Analysis, and I keep having this issue where I, I'm more comfortable, I'm comfortable with fewer and fewer teams in the top 10. I think last week I was comfortable with five teams in the top 10. I think that's where I was. Now the 49ers have lost to the Bronco, uh, to the Browns, um, the Chiefs barely held on against the Broncos. I guess they were in control of that game. But you scored 19 points against Denver. That's not a promising showing. The Eagles, we don't know. Are they about to lose? They're are they down to the third down and 10 now here on this drive. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins crushed, but they went they went down uh, four, 14 to nothing. I, Curtis, are there any good teams? Are we? Hey, you'll get you'll get my thoughts on the Dolphins game plan in a little <laughs> bit. I, I the, that, no worries with them. I think they're really good. Yeah, no, but well, this is what I'll say about the Dolphins, though, is that the defense continues to be a concern. And I've said this before, this defense has injury issues. That is for sure. It seems like Jalen Ramsey's um, recovery is going better. They did lose Xavier Howard today. Jalen Phillips has been dealing with injuries. They have injury issues, but they are not the level of defense that I expected them to be. They've played two good offenses and they gave up, what was it, 34 and 48 to those offenses. There were times in the game today, even after they took back over, and even after the offense took back over, there were times in the game today where they couldn't tackle Chuba Hubbard of all people. And that was their bread and butter last year. Their run defense was outstanding last year. And we saw what the Chargers were able to do to them. And we've seen them have issues 
um, at different parts of this season. And so I'm just, that's the thing that I'm confused about with the Dolphins is why this defense isn't better. Are they going to get better as they go on? If the offense keeps suffering injuries, I mean, Tyreek Hill had cramps, came back. Ramondre, you know, I, I mean, uh, they've already lost Devin A. Chain. Uh, that their backup running back, who I was kind of excited to watch, Brooks, uh, he left with an injury late. Oh, um, God, so, yeah, too. I just, you are excited about him? No, he, his injury looked bad. He did, oh, yeah. didn't look very good at all. So I, I don't think we're going to see him anymore either. That's two two running backs and two games they've lost like that. And now it looks like uh, it's over, right, Tucker? The Eagles have officially lost now? Um, yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> over. I just saw Jalen Hurts try and force a pass 40 yards downfield into into double coverage on fourth and eight. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a weird loss. I think the Eagles felt pretty confident going into this week, going against Zach Wilson. You, you were kind of rolling, and this was kind of the last game before their schedule picks up. Moving forward, you have games against the Dolphins and the Chiefs and the Cowboys and the 49ers and the Bills and the Seahawks coming up in the in the next two months. And, you know, this is kind of the last one you could have before things start to turn up. And like I said earlier, you turn the ball over four times, you're not going to win uh, in the NFL. You lose the turnover battle for nothing. I don't care who you are. And they, But they had a ton of injuries, right? Today, Jalen Carter was out, Darius Slade they was did. out. Uh, and they I think, lost. I wonder how much of that, if some of those guys could have played, if they maybe didn't, I don't want to say they underestimated the Jets. You don't know kind of what their feeling was in the building this week, but I wonder if they were playing one of those better teams, if maybe they would have tried to, to force the issue a little bit, right? If maybe they would have tried to get Darius Slay out on the field or, or Jalen Carter who injured his ankle in, in practice on Friday, but you, you listed, I think uh, they were down three starters in the secondary. Uh, Bradley Roby went out, Reed Blankenship went out, Darius Slay was inactive along the defensive line, Jalen Carter, um, was inactive uh, on offense. Lane Johnson went down. So they, they were missing a lot of guys. Cameron, or uh, Landon Dickerson, the, the right guard, is still on the IR. So they were banged up. For a team that was super healthy all year, they had all 22 starters active and, and healthy for the Super Bowl. They just haven't had the same kind of luck. And that's why I thought the Eagles were probably going to have a little bit of regression this year, just simply because you can't replicate that kind of durability and that kind of luck to the top end of their roster. And they have some depth. That I think can help withstand some of those injuries better than than other teams. But I mean, for the most part, right now, I think this is the the worst they've played with Jalen Hurts at quarterback probably in the last two years. Because up until now, the only two games they've lost since the beginning of last season uh, with Jalen Hurts at quarterback was against Washington on Monday night, where they turned the ball over I think four times that night too, and you know Super Bowl Fifty Seven against the Chiefs. So what happened today? It hadn't really happened a whole lot since Jalen Hurts became the full-time starting quarterback. But you you mentioned the the injuries, I think, are a big thing, and the turnovers. They, they've made a lot of mistakes this year that I don't think have come back to bite them as much as maybe they should. And and today, I think they really, really struggled to take care of the football. Or, or you know, I haven't looked at their penalty numbers yet, but they committed you know quite a few silly penalties early in the game that let the Jets uh, extend drives. We talk, I mentioned this about the Eagles. Like, they've had a, an odd season – even in the game that they smothered the Buccaneers, it wasn't like the offense was crushing. Um, they obviously had to go to overtime with the commanders last week with the Rams. It wasn't like this massive offensive performance. The offense hasn't been hitting as well as you like. And then obviously this game, I mean, this game, they they really struggled only scoring 14 points against a defense that didn't have their top two cor corners. Their best player on defense, Sauce Gardner, didn't play in this game. And then DJ Reed didn't play in this game either for the Jets. And they were missing another corner, I believe, right? Justin Hardy is on they, they IR. Is that true? Practice squad corners. And that, that's more the concern, I think, for that game is Devonta Smith was doing his best Kadarius Tony impression, throwing balls to the ground and 
then Hertz was making poor choices too with the ball. And I think that's more concerning. The defense was fine, even though they were still missing a lot of guys. I, I think there's more concern for this offense than there is the defense. The defense. I think the red zone offense is a, a big issue. Um, they, they tried to settle for three late in the game and ended up missing a 37 yard field goal, which is Jake Elliott's first miss of the year. Um, but that red zone offense, they're first, I think they're third in the league last year. They converted 67% of the red zone opportunities into touchdowns. I think they're below 50% after today. I mean, they, they've been dreadful for a team that's so good in short yardage, their inability to, to turn red zone opportunities into seven points. I think offensively, that's their biggest issue right now. Um, it's just they they keep stalling out inside the 20. And that was something Rich Rebar wrote about for a lot of teams um, in in August, in July, about kind of some regression candidates, and we've seen it hit the NFC East, actually. We've seen it hit the NFC East pretty pretty dramatically. All of Rich Rebar's content, by the way, remember that for next year. A lot, All the stuff in there, or much of the stuff in there, has, uh, has uh, been very telling for the season so far. All right, we're going to move on to an unfortunately long list of injuries. Before we do that, though, let me remind you that we have a ton of content coming out here in the next week, ahead of week seven. You can get Rich Rebar's comprehensive worksheet previews. You can get his DFS content, which has been great. You can get Warren Sharp's betting recommendations. You can get the best waiver ads of the week from Curtis on Tuesday morning. All of that is part of our all-access package at sharpfootballanalysis.com. And if you use code ANGLES, you can get 15% off any package at the site, the fantasy football package, the props package, all-access, uh, NFL betting, college betting, all of that is available. So make sure you go and check that out. By the way, we had a, I believe we had a very good college college betting week or a pretty good college betting week, something eight and four, maybe something like that. So um, yeah. So go and check that out. All of that is available. All right. Moving on to the injuries. The biggest injury we have to discuss here is Christian McCaffrey who left with an oblique injury. He came back into the game for us for a little bit and then left again. This wasn't obviously they, the 49ers lost this game. So this wasn't a, you know, this wasn't a do we really need him kind of situation. They needed him. He couldn't come back into the game. I haven't seen any more reports. It's been odd because we've seen reports about Debo. Uh, we've seen reports about Justin Fields. We've seen reports about some of the other people that we're, we're interested in. I haven't actually seen anything on McCaffrey. Have you seen anything on him, Tucker? No, I haven't. And it's weird because it happened, and it just kind of looked like maybe a, a cramp or something minor. He was just kind of stretching on the sideline and, and trying to work it out. And Came back and, and had a carry. He, he ran the ball up the middle. I think it technically counted. So that called back uh, due to a hold or, or some other offensive penalty. And then that was it. Like, I, I looked away from the screen, and I came back, and, and he was off the field. And I think Mason was in it running back. And then he was, you know, walking up the tunnel. We, we never saw him again. So I think fantasy-wise, it, it's by far the biggest injury of the week. Like, one week Absolutely. after losing Justin Jefferson, you know, which I'm sure killed a lot of teams, losing Christian McCaffrey who's probably the number two pick in 90% of leagues um, is going to be a tough one. And this is a guy who one of the reasons why Carolina felt comfortable letting him go and trading him to San Francisco is the fact that he couldn't stay healthy. Right. And, and it wasn't big injuries. He wasn't tearing his ACL. He wasn't tearing muscles. It was, he pulled his hamstring and missed like 11 weeks. He pulled something or sprained something in his shoulder and missed seven or eight weeks. Right. It, it was kind of bumps and bruises that added up. And he had a lot of extended uh, extended absences. This is something that I'm, I'm really curious about because Christian McCaffrey in his career hasn't bounced back from injuries like this quickly. Maybe it is something really minor. Maybe he will be back at practice on Wednesday and be healthy and active. But that really hasn't been the case for much of his career. 
I, I think what's checked, interesting about oh sorry I just checked a good friend of the show Deepak Chona's and he said it it'd be a mild injury maybe one week to two weeks at the most but nothing long term but maybe a one week absence yeah and the thing about Christian McCaffrey was he still got in the end zone today thank you for that we had we had Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown as a prop today so we appreciate you getting the end zone before you leave uh, before you left that was uh <laughs> Was that what is that 15 games in a row or something like that? He scored a touchdown, something wild like that. So hopefully it is kind of that minor injury. It was interesting after McCaffrey left to see who took over the game. It was actually Jordan Mason that came in and not Elijah Mitchell. I wonder if there's some health things to do with that. Elijah Mitchell was active for this game. He had missed the two previous. Mason had kind of been involved in those games. So I'm interested, I'm interested in kind of moving forward if McCaffrey misses time, what we'll actually see. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Mason is available, I would imagine, in a lot of leagues. Mitchell, not so much. But I imagine Jordan Mason's available in most leagues. And it, it looks like he, he could get a little bit of a run here. Yeah, and on a good offense, right? And if Debo's out too, you're, you're going to look to a very consolidated offense between Kittle, Ayuk, and Mason. And Mitchell did handle some carries early on in the game. So I would assume that was a re-aggravation of his injury, even though nothing is reported because we didn't see him touch the field after McCaffrey went out. So yeah, Mason's going to be one of those guys that is going to buy you a week of time, at least if you're short of running back. Yeah. And there, I believe there are, there are six teams on bye next week, right? It's one of the big bye weeks. And so it's going to be, yeah, if you have, if you're having those issues, we mentioned Debo Samuel here with, um, with his um, shoulder injury. He went back into the locker room. He had x-rays. Those were reportedly, negative jordan schultz reported that the team believes he will be fine so it looks like this is kind of a again one of a more minor injury but we don't really know he's been dealing with injuries so far he was pretty quickly ruled out and then on the sideline in street clothes so i'm i'm interested to watch kind of where this goes Tucker. yeah this is something where you know you look ahead to to what the the 49ers have on their schedule the next couple weeks and they they go and play the Vikings on Monday Night Football next week, so they have an extra day if it is something truly minor. But you mentioned this isn't Debo Samuel's first injury. He's been dealing with some nagging stuff a couple weeks ago. He only had, like, one touch and, and played four snaps. Even though he was active, they they really limited his possessions. And on an offense with that many weapons, you can kind of get away with it. But what I'm curious about is if McCaffrey might be active or inactive next week and if Debo Samuel maybe not – a hundred percent kind of where does this offense turn to? Because it's going to be Brandon Ayuk, obviously, and Jawan Jennings. They they have other guys, but I think they have felt confident, you know, if one guy's down or one guy's not a hundred percent limiting his touches, not letting him go out and play 50, 60 snaps. And now that two of them are out and you might have Christian McCaffrey and no Debo Samuel, or you might have Debo Samuel and not Christian McCaffrey, or you might have neither. I'm curious how Kyle Shanahan and the offensive coaching staff balances uh, the workload for not just those guys, but everybody else involved. Because if you're missing two guys, and we saw what Brock Purdy looks like uh, against a pretty good defense in, in Cleveland and what Jim Schwartz did today, I think really rattled him. Maybe for the first time in his NFL career, he he looked overmatched. But how much of that is also he didn't have his two best weapons on the field for, for most of the game, especially at the end. Yeah, they also lost Trent Williams for a little bit. I know he came back, but he, I don't. to me, he did not look fully healthy. And so we'll we'll see how that goes. Drake Greenlaw didn't play in this game. They're, they have mounting injury issues. The good news is they get the, the Vikings next week on Monday night. But then in week eight, they have a week nine bye. And then in week eight, they play 
the Bengals, which is suddenly a very interesting game after the Bengals were able to hold on against the Seahawks. And then they head into a bye. They're going to be able to get healthy as well. And so it's, it's suddenly an interesting game. We need to talk about the Brown side of this though. And you mentioned it, Tucker, their defense, um, it was good again, and they they had some struggles against the Ravens uh, before the bye week. The struggles that you know make sense, given the positions they were put into by their offense. Their offense didn't do a ton in this game either. Didn't put them in great position. PJ Walker threw two interceptions, but uh, their defense was able to stand up against this team that had scored thirty points in like fourteen of the fifteen previous games. So it was a pretty good performance from this defense. A reminder of what this defense can be. And you know we'll see what happens here with with the with the Bengals, but the Ravens. I mean, they won in London. It wasn't an impressive performance. The Browns, I think, are still in this, and we'll kind of see where where we go on this offense if Sean Watson comes back and and what we can do. Um, but Amari Cooper was amazing in this game. Curtis, did you get to watch any of this game and see what Amari Cooper was doing? Yeah, I did. I and a couple of bad decisions by PJ Walker. I I thought he was good and good good on him for going out and kind of accepting that challenge. And then you got Njoku going out there with basically to see him play and to hear kind of Watson make up some, I guess is he is injured, but to see what Njoku's going through to get out on the field, I, I expect a little more out of the $250 million quarterback. But yeah, uh, Cooper was, he's the number one guy. And I still think he, Jerry Jones made a mistake by letting him leave Dallas for nothing. And that, that's what happens when you have a really good receiver like that. You you get him the ball, he's going to make plays. And he did that today. And Jerome Ford even carried the ball really well at the end of the game, took a couple of big runs. And they, they moved. It wasn't pretty, but they moved it down the field when they needed to. And, yeah, they got the job done. And their schedule does get a little bit easier here over the next couple of weeks. And I think that defense is going to give them a chance to win every game. So regardless who's at quarterback, I, I like their chances moving forward. I don't know if they're – as good as the Ravens, but we'll see. They they get the Colts next week, which given what Garner Minshew did today against the Jaguars, we can talk about that game later and how he looked against the Jaguars. That could be a really good that could be a really good spot for them uh, against the against the Colts. So we're looking forward here with the Browns and you know three and two in this division. They're still they're still in a great spot. Moving on to some other injuries, we have Justin Fields left with a hand injury. The x-rays were negative. He's going to have an MRI on Monday. Tucker, I watched the injury back, and I'm, I'm kind of confused how it happens. I thought when I kind of saw it first time in real time, I thought he had kind of braced himself with his arm, and maybe that led to, to a wrist injury, which makes sense. That happens. But he doesn't really brace himself with his right hand. It kind of rolls behind him. But he was obviously, he was immediately in pain. The way he was holding his wrist, I'm actually kind of surprised that the x-rays were negative. It was just kind of a, a weird injury. I, I don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. Because when I first saw it live, I thought someone must have stepped on it, right? Or, or something like that. Like, it must have been a, a kind of impact injury, the way he grabbed it and the way he, he was so quick to the sideline. And they were, like, it was immediately, you knew it was a hand injury. But yeah, walking it, watching it back, it, it wasn't like he hit it on someone's helmet or, or anything like that. Um, but moving forward, I mean, it is on his throwing hand, right? It is his right hand. His right hand. So yeah. that's something that's that's worrisome, especially for a quarterback. And given how that offense has has looked, even though they they looked maybe a little better a, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, I I wonder kind of what the steps are moving forward for that team because if it is his throwing hand, I'd be surprised if he can make it back for this week. Just given 
how much pain he was in, even though the x-rays were negative. Um, that's usually something for a quarterback. If you injure your throwing hand, um, very rarely, especially for a team that's not necessarily playing high stakes games at this point in the season. And if they still believe in Justin Fields, which I think the jury might be out on whether or not that's the, that's the case. I don't know. I, I don't know if he, he's going to be out there next week and this might be an excuse if they want to just get somebody out there, someone else who might be able to run the offense, maybe a little bit more efficiently than what fields has been able to do this year, or just give him the kid a break, right? Give him a week or two off, let him kind of reset and bring him back in November and see if he can maybe build on something and have something positive moving towards the offseason. Get the Raiders next week. Don't have their bye until week 13. So we've got a little bit of a run here. Tyson Badgent, Bagent, Badgent. I know the story is, I know the story is that his dad is like a, a arm wrestling champion or something like that, which I'm very interested in because I watched the movie over the top starring Sylvester Stallone roughly a hundred times when I was a young lad. <laughs> and so I am very excited in the, in the arm wrestler. Um, he came in, he made some mistakes. He, fumbled the ball. He threw an interception. He did lead a scoring drive. He made this a game against the Vikings, which Minnesota, what are we doing? But this was a, you know, this was not a strong performance from him. You're not going to feel a lot of confidence in anybody on this offense fantasy wise moving forward. If Bagent or Bagent or whatever it is, is starting, right, Curtis? Yeah, it's a hard offense. Uh, maybe Roshan Johnson when he comes back, but it was very interesting to see. Uh, I'm a long lived Darrington Evans truther. So the fact that he uh, out carried Dante Foreman in the first half, I, I felt good about that. I wish I could go back about three years and have a little bit, uh, have him play like that last then. But yeah, I, I think they're going to just try to make games go quickly and hand the ball off to Roshan if he comes back next week, but hoping his health gets better. Cause I know that concussion was pretty scary for him. Yeah, I, as soon as I saw Evans, Evans had like one longer run. And as soon as I saw him do that, I knew that you were just celebrating on your couch. <laughs> the the Darrington Evans run. Foreman did end up uh, out carrying him 15 to 9. Uh, Foreman had a good second half. Foreman um, had some some good chunk gains, finished with 65 yards. That's uh, I'm, I would have won a lot more money today if I'd played Chuba Hubbard over him in, at DraftKings, but it is what it is. But uh, he had a pretty good game. He's a pretty good running back. So they at least have that going with Roshan, but I, I'm I'm worried that this is going to be going to be a, a concerning injury. Another concerning injury is Trevor Lawrence, who got to the end of that game against the Colts. The Colts made it a weird game at the end, but the, the Jaguars were always in control. Near the end of the game, he's rolling out trying to get a first down. He gets sacked, kind of gets twisted a little bit, immediately kind of grabs at his knee, goes to his knee. He didn't, I'm pretty sure he didn't return to the game. I haven't seen any real news updates on it, but it's one of those injuries that I'm I'm a little bit concerned about. Tucker. Yeah, he uh, actually didn't meet with the media after the game, and he said he feels fine. It's not a good he says it's a little bruised, <laughs> um, and I think he's going to undergo testing either later tonight or, or sometime tomorrow, so I'll have a better idea of it. But I mean, the fact that he was allowed to meet with the media and he was able to to talk and you know walked off the field under his own power, and he I think he stayed on the field um, on the sideline. He didn't go back into the locker room. Uh, immediately for medical testing. So I, I think all of those things kind of add up to it being something relatively minor. Maybe he has to you know, miss a week or two if it's a bad sprain or something. But I, I don't think it's something that puts his season in jeopardy. I don't think it's something that makes him a candidate um, to, to go on the IR. And I wonder if it had been a, a closer game. I know it was kind of a weird game at the end where Indianapolis was consistently down two scores, but kind of like knocking on the door and having a chance to 
make it happen, but Garner Minshew just kind of couldn't seal the deal there. Um, I wonder if it was closer, if maybe he could have gutted it out and this was more of a precautionary thing, especially because they hadn't done any kind of testing or anything. They just decided him being on the sideline at the end of a game that was pretty much already in hand was was best case scenario, right? Because if he come back in, he was just handing the ball off to Travis Etienne. Anyway, they didn't need him to, to throw the ball. So I think it's something that at worst he misses a game or two as he kind of deals with it. But I also think sometimes with the knee injury, it overnight, maybe tomorrow it does feel worse. Maybe it starts swelling a little bit. The fact that he said it's bruised, I, I think it's a little weird and a, and a little odd and maybe something to, to keep an eye on. But I think when Doug Peterson meets with the media tomorrow, we'll have a much better idea uh, of what his status is. And I think it could be something as simple as maybe he doesn't practice on Wednesday but he's limited by Friday and and is back out on the field uh, next week. Well, they actually play on Thursday night this week. Oh, um, never mind. Then I that, that could be a problem. Things a little bit. That could be a problem. I, the bruising is interesting. Like I, I agree with you because his knee kind of gets driven into the turf. So I wonder if it was just like a not a knee bruise, as in bone on bone bruise kind of thing. That's actually. Very like if it's well, just a bruise just... and a pain management thing, then that that's fine. If it's something like a sprain or something worse that that could get worse if he comes back, but yeah, the fact they play on Thursday night, which I didn't realize, I, I think does change things a little bit because it's just so tough to to get up on something that quick of a turnaround. We've seen a lot of guys miss the Thursday night game with minor injuries, with something that normally a normal week you'd be back fine on Sunday. But I, I would love to see the numbers, and I'm sure I could do it since I have all the injury data from the last five years since we started doing this. Um, I'd love to see how many guys who went out on Sunday who were able to come back on, on Thursday. Cause I think it's a, probably a much smaller number than, than people realize. Oh, and it's yeah, that part of it. Oh, oh, well that, that was the part of it. Like I didn't know he, they were playing on Thursday against the saints either. That's a concern. And to your point about it might be a couple games, they get the Steelers after that and then they get the bye week So that's, I, I don't know what we're going to do here. What do you have Curtis? Yeah, uh, it's troublesome because it's not like that offense has really looked all that good. They've they played in some really strange games. Something is just awry in that offense, and they're leading the division. It's a kind of a dumpster fire of a division, and I, I don't think anyone's confident in that offense. I think the defense has played better than we thought it would play, and then the, the offense is just some, something's not right. I know the offensive line isn't as good as they'd hoped it would be, but Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence don't seem to be meshing well. The, the There's just been some really strange passes in that offense. And it just, it doesn't look like the offense that finished last season. So going into Thursday on a short week I, I, against the good Saints defense, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points because I, Derek Carr's offense is struggling and he just doesn't seem to want to come out of games, even if he's hurt. So it's going to be a weird game on Thursday. I, I wouldn't be too excited for a lot of points in that one based on what we saw this weekend. And you mentioned the division and the division is interesting. The Jaguars have now beat the Colts twice and the Colts might be without Anthony Richardson for the rest of the year. Given the reports we saw on Sunday morning, Garner Minshew is not it. Uh, it did not look great today when they had, when they had time to prepare for him. And so you would expect the Colts to fall out of that a little bit. The Texans, they, they got a good win against those saints the Texans have beaten the Jaguars already this year. Uh, the Texans, I mean, this is CJ Stroud's legit, and this might be this might be interesting as we go. The Titans can't win away from home, so I don't really know how how they're gonna go. And so this is a it's 
it's an odd division. And I, Tucker, I think maybe the Texans are the biggest competition here for the Jaguars, which that at the beginning of the year, that would have been a wild thing to think. Yeah, it's just, I think both the, I mean, the NFC South, I think is a little bit better because the Buccaneers are actually winning some games. And I think the Saints are fairly competent. But yeah, that AFC South is weird because I think at the beginning of the year, a lot of people thought it was Jacksonville's division to lose. And I think it probably still is. But the next best team you would have thought is Tennessee, given no matter what, you know, their quarterback situation is. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, exactly. You know, they they have a good enough defense. And when Derrick Henry and Tychee Spears had a, a crazy run today, late in the game, um, they they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Mike Vrabel is a, a very good coach. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that C.J. Sprout and, and, and Houston right now and what we've seen from them, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to keep uh, ascending at the level they have, but I think they're the team that's most dangerous. I, I think they, with him under center, have a few pieces offensively that if they can figure a few things out before the end of the season, could make some noise and, and could find themselves in contention with Jacksonville at the top of the division if Jacksonville doesn't pull away here. They have the second-best quarterback in the division already. And, and by far. I, I, I don't think it's close. Yeah, it's not close. Um, and then you mentioned the Ryan Tannehill injury. Ryan Tannehill leaves the loss against the Ravens in London uh, with an ankle injury on crutches after the game. Tucker, I'm pretty sure it was the same ankle as last year. Am I right about that? Yeah, it was. And I don't I haven't seen uh any any big updates on on that yet. Just he was he was carted off and everyone's kind of holding their breath. And obviously watching Malik Willis and, and the way he closed out that game, does it look much different than the guy last year who got benched for for Joshua Dobbs, which given what we've seen from from Joshua Dobbs in, in Arizona this year, maybe Joshua Dobbs is okay. Maybe I don't know if he's good, but he seems to be competent enough to quarterback a team for 60 minutes every week and, and not look foolish. But yeah, I mean, this is the second straight year that Tannehill's had to deal with that right ankle injury. And if you're Tennessee, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know where they turn because if it isn't him, is it Will Levis? Will Levis. Yeah. What's Will Levis time? I, 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 I guess like, I just, I don't think he can do any worse. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, that that's a really low bar, but I think Malik Willis has absolutely no pocket. Like he just does not want to throw the ball. He just gets sacked after sack. And if he can, if he gets the next start, it just stream defenses against the guy because he just does not want to throw the ball whatsoever. So it's, it's tough to watch. And it was the same thing last year. I, they know they're high on Will Levis. He struggled in the preseason, but I think we're going to see Will Levis here pretty soon. Like, even if Tannehill was healthy, he he did not look very good again today. And that that's multiple games outside of the one where he just kept targeting DeAndre Hopkins last week. I don't, I don't know what's left in Ryan Tannehill. It's, it's been a tough sight to see. I, I don't know if he's even like tradable at this point in time. It's crazy because yeah, no. how horrible Willis was. Like you look at the box score, he was four for five for like 78 yards and ran, I think three times for 20 yards, but he also took like five sacks in the one quarter he played. It's just, I don't know, when you watch him play, you just kind of get the sense he has no idea what he's looking at when when he's looking at a defense. He's going to buy this week, so that's going to give Tannehill a little bit more time. Um, and so that's, you know, that's good for him. But, I mean, we saw last year with the ankle that it kind of, he came back and he wasn't healthy and then, it, you know, he was out for out for the season. And we 
we're in a weird position with this Titan team. They're two and four. They can't win away from home. Uh, they have three straight road games from week nine to 11. It's, it's an, they're in a weird situation, interesting situation. I do think at some point they're going to have to give Will Levis a chance. I'm not a Will Levis truther by any means. I'm a Penn State fan. I watched him not be able to beat out Sean Clifford, who again is in the league. I don't know how. I'm glad you're getting your money, Sean. Congratulations. But the, the, yeah, like I don't think Will Levis is the answer. I'm pretty sure Malik Willis isn't. He just didn't, he looked, he didn't look like he really knew what was going on at times. And it was just wild sequences. I would encourage everybody to go. If you didn't watch that, wake up to watch that game. You didn't watch that game. You're doing something else in the morning. Go kind of watch his sequences against. The, it was just, it was all over the place. And uh, that's kind of what we saw last year as well. So yeah, it's, it's an odd situation and it's not a great place. And the Titans, we talked about them before the season that they're in a very odd place and they're going to try to give it another go here with Tannehill and Henry and they signed DeAndre Hopkins. But I, I don't know where this is headed and it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see kind of where we're going here. All right. We have a few more injuries here to talk about. Kyron Williams. Heard his I ankle late in the game. Sean McVay said he's fine. He kind of tweaked his ankle, but I'm sure he'll be fine is what, what came out of that. But that's good. They also lost Ronnie rivers in that game. Um, yes. And so the, the running Evans. back depth chart was getting rough. Yeah, is it Zach Evans' time, Curtis? Is that where we? Were? It might be Zach Evans' time. I, yet again, probably the best running back on the roster. But the theory of rational coaching never really happens. Is Ronnie River? We saw Ronnie Rivers get a few touches today. Yeah, and then and then not left with an injury. So kind of we'll see where that goes. It's good to hear that Williams' injury doesn't seem severe. I did just see news come out about Justin Fields and a dislocated thumb. Is the is the official diagnosis? Do you have any um, immediate thoughts on that, Tucker? Don't think we'll see him next week, right? Like that—that that seems like something that is going to be tough to come back from, and, and that's a, a pain thing too. Um, like I, I just think a, a throwing hand injury for a, a quarterback, dislocated thumb or otherwise, um, is really tough when you're in the pocket and you might just bang your thumb on, you know, an offensive lineman's helmet following through where you may, you know, put your arm out and, you know, it might get grabbed by a defensive lineman, you know, think about, you know, Super Bowl 52 and that, that playoff run, Tom Brady had a cut on his hands and, and that really limited him against the Jaguars. And he had like three or four weeks where it was, he was really limited based on a, a cut that he suffered in practice, not a dislocated thumb, not a broken finger, just a, a little cut. So yeah, that's something for, for Justin Fields where, I'm sure they can pop it back into place, but I also imagine it's going to be, if not this week, maybe next week he he comes back. We also had another injury to Jimmy Garoppolo who had a back injury. He ended up going to the hospital for an evaluation, which again, I watched that hit and I was confused again by how that was so severe. He went to the hospital. Apparently that was just for caution to hope he's all right, but that it seems like a serious injury and we're going to, you know, maybe miss some time. Brian Hoyer, came in in that game. We had uh, the former Patriot quarterbacks against the current Patriot quarterbacks. The former Patriot quarterbacks won, Curtis. And you asked a question, a really good question in the Google Sheet, which was, uh, what's next for the Patriots? And I don't know. Hopefully, Drake May or, or Caleb Williams. Although Caleb Williams isn't coming off a good game either. I what, What's next for them, Curtis? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I thought this was a game they were going to win. And uh, so, sorry to any of the backers of the Patriots. And uh, Mac Jones owes you for like, taking that safety at the end of the game. Safety. Goodness gracious. That line but, closed at three. If you, if you didn't see this horrendous bad beat, 
the line on the Patriots game, the, the Patriots were plus three when it closed, I'm pretty sure. Um, they were losing by two, and Mac Jones takes a meaningless safety at the very end, so they lose by four, 21 to 17. That one. And yeah, I think that's we're going to see a monumental shift in Patriot football. It's I think the Bill Belichick era is going to come to an end at some point in time. Is they Are they going to let it go to the end of the season? Do they... It, it, it looks ugly right now. The offense can't do anything. The defense is really hurt. But to not be able to beat that team today, a, a bit of a struggle for them. And yeah, I, what what is next? It's going to be an interesting to watch this next kind of six months play out because it's been such a long dynasty with like the Bill Belichick era. And like, does he end up somewhere else next year? Right? It's going to be crazy to see. So does Bill Belichick, I actually heard Bill Simmons, who uh, I'm going to take Patriots thoughts from him pretty seriously. I uh, I heard Bill Simmons talking about the idea of Belichick having wanting to catch uh, Shula, right? Shula has is the winningest coach of all time. And uh, it, that's not going to happen if these Patriots, like he's going to need five years if we keep seeing these kind of Patriots teams. And um, yeah, it would be interesting that that whole, does he pull a Brady and go somewhere else and see if he could win? I don't know. That would be that would be interesting. One more kind of fantasy um, injury that I, I skipped over accidentally. That's David Montgomery with a ribs injury. Looked kind of like he landed right on the ball, Tucker. That's what it kind of looked like to me. Do you, have you seen anything about this injury? Uh, I, I saw after the game they, they said x-rays were negative. So it's probably just, just bruised ribs. But much like the Rams, I mean, if he has to miss any sort of time with, with bruised ribs, Jameer Gibbs is already out as well. You're down to Craig Reynolds is the number one back on that team maybe it's just much like the rams then all of a sudden uh uh, a backfield that i think we probably thought at least had a a little bit of talent or a little bit of depth um this season is pretty bare bones um for the next couple weeks until those guys get back how excited are we about craig reynolds uh curtis how, how are we feeling I, I'm excited about the Lions offense and the Lions offensive line. So if he's if he's going to play, and it's kind of weird, this Jameer Gibbs injury where he wasn't injured at all, and then it came out of a practice, and then I don't even think he touched the field this week. So it's got to be some concern over on that that end. And because that's, that's a big play, player there. I think that's been happening a lot this week. Like all these injuries we're talking about, there have been a bunch this week that came out of practice. Jameer Gibbs obviously was, was last week, but Jalen Carter – sprained his ankle on Wednesday, um, Sauce Gardner, who missed Friday's practice with an illness and then popped up with a concussion on Saturday, even though he tweeted that he felt fine. Uh, he He's out to an injury in, in practice as well. And that's something that I feel like we haven't really seen a lot of in recent years. That's something relatively, relatively new this year and kind of an interesting development, especially as teams maybe don't practice as much as they used to, a lot more walkthroughs strictly to get through the season healthy. And, I don't know. It's just just not working. But now I don't know. Cook, could the the product of Kutztown, Craig Reynolds, gets to to go out and maybe be RB one this week. The pride of Willow Grove. Shout shout out yeah. to the Lions. I'm excited to see where you put them in the power rankings this week. They're they've got to be in the top five. Top five. They they've outside that one game to Seattle, which was kind of an anomaly. They've had some impressive wins. The defense looks good. And uh, Jameson Williams caught a ball today. It's didn't didn't look really good catching it, but he got it. Uh, he got a touchdown. 
All those touchdowns count on all these my best ball teams. <laughs> I think I he lost, keep catching lost touchdowns, Jameson. Five Williams. different times in the air, but he caught it. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see where he put the lines. They're one of the real feel good stories. I thought maybe they were a little overrated coming into the season, but boy, they they look good. Well, they're going to be a miss for me for sure. I thought there was a chance they were overrated. I didn't know. What we saw on defense from them down the second half last season, even when they were winning, still wasn't great. The additions they made, like they're not even playing. Like Emmanuel Mosley is now out for the season again. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson is out still, right? He's on injured reserve. And so like a lot of the additions they made aren't even playing. Obviously, Jack Campbell is, is still there. And so that that kind of uh, controversial first-round pick. But their defense is playing a lot better. Their defense is playing well. The offense, despite not being healthy, despite Amon Ross St. Brown missing time, despite Taylor Decker missing time, despite Jameer Gibbs missing time, David Montgomery missing time, they've they've kept on going. They've kept winning. They won a road game today. Good job, Jared Goff, winning on the road. Congratulations. And so, yeah, it's uh, the Lions are are definitely the real deal. And I was I was certainly certainly too low on them. Listed off a few other injuries here. I mentioned Xavier Howard, Marcus Davenport, um, the. The edge rusher for the Vikings left with an ankle injury didn't look great. Amontez Sweat left with a thumb injury, allegedly not major, reportedly not major. Alex Pierce, the Colts wide receiver, left with a shoulder injury that didn't look great. He didn't return. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, the Panthers, who is quietly getting work, by the way, LaVisca Chenault, is quietly getting touches and carries. He left with an ankle leg injury. It looked uh, bad. LaVisca Chenault's injury did not look good, so looking out for him. And then I think I mentioned this, and I think you mentioned the Tucker, but Lane Johnson left and didn't come back for the Eagles. And that one, that's a serious injury for sure. They, yeah, they need Lane I think Johnson. He's, he's the best right tackle in, in football. He hasn't a lot of sack in, in over two years, um, but he got rolled up on, on his ankle. I couldn't tell which one it was. He had one of his ankles surgically repaired a couple of years ago. So pretty much completely collapsed. Like he, he lost kind of all strength in that ankle and had to have it surgically rebuilt. So, that is a, a worrisome part of him. I mean, he's one of the toughest people. He, he played with the torn adductor in, in his groin last year in, in the postseason and, and, you know, shut out guys like Nick Bosa um, on their way to to the, the Super Bowl and the loss to the Chiefs. Um, but he's never played 16 games in a season since 2015. Like, Lane Johnson always misses time, always misses a couple games. I think he's played at least 12 every year, but he hasn't played 16 since 2015. So I, I think you kind of just take the good with the bad and he might be out a couple of weeks, but that's a huge loss for the Eagles offensive line. Cause you saw, I think later in the game, they, they really abandoned the run the right side of their offensive line with Sua Opeta and, and Jack Driscoll certainly is a huge step down from having, uh, you know, land or Cam Jurgens and, and Lane Johnson out there. So it's a worrisome thing. Cause this Eagles team's built from the line out. I think when healthy, they have the best offensive line in football and, Right now, they're missing their whole right side, and I don't know if they have the depth that they've had in previous years with guys like, you know, Halapuli, Vadi Vaitai, and uh, Andre Dillard, who did get benched, but Andre Dillard was a, a decent backup to have in, in recent years. I don't think they have the depth that they had in, in recent years. So if he misses time, I think that's a, a big worry for the Eagles and their, their rushing attack. I agree with that. That's, that is a, you know, the secondary injuries are, are tough, and Jalen Carter's tough, but Lane Johnson, that's the injury that I would be, especially because their offense has been the one that's kind of struggled. That would be that would be a concern for me. A couple games we haven't gotten to yet through kind of talking through these injuries. Uh, the first one, Bengals were able to hold on against the Seahawks. We called this, Curtis, we called this a must-win game 
last week and they were able to hang on. They won 17-13. The Seahawks got in position to win this game a couple times and then just couldn't close the deal. The Bengals defense played uh, pretty well and was able to shut them down, get a couple sacks and interceptions. So the Bengals head into the bye week three and three. They've got two massive games coming out, the, out of the bye against the 49ers and the Bills where I feel like we're feel, we feel a lot better about the Bengals right now than we did maybe two weeks ago, right? Maybe I I watched a bit of that game. It it was not a well played game on either by either team. So I I still have more questions about the Bengals. Burrow took a couple big sacks too, but neither neither offense. Geno Smith really struggled in that game as well. So one of those games where they won. So look three and three, really good comeback to get get back into the race, but. They're going to have to play better, especially with their schedule getting tougher and Cleveland being as good as they are. But there's definitely going to be some, a, they'll be in the wild card chase regardless, I think, because I don't think it's going to be a 10 wins to get in in the AFC this year. We're seeing a lot of losses by every team, and I think kind of nine and eight could get you in. So I think they're going to be there, and you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, right? I will say this about the offense is that I, I mentioned this on the podcast last week uh, with Rich that I did on Thursday, that I do every Thursday with Rich Rebar do a fantasy football preview. I think the Seahawks defense might be legit with Tariq Woolen back healthy. And so that is something to watch kind of moving forward. And if it is, then the Seahawks are going to be in great shape as well coming out of this game. I think this was two good teams with two pretty good defenses going against each other um, and, and, you know, a few weather concerns and things like that. But I, I think that was more of this happening, but you know, we'll see kind of moving forward where we go. The other, the other thing we need to talk about is does, and you mentioned this earlier, Tucker, does anybody want to win the NFC South? Like all four of them lost today, all four NFC South teams uh, lost today. Apparently Desmond Ritter is bad again. After last week, we gave him, we gave him his flowers last week. And then he comes back and does this uh, this week. The Bucks lost the lions. The Panthers were crushed despite the Dolphins, as as Curtis thinks, the Dolphins spotting them fourteen to make it fun. They were they were then crushed. The Saints lose in Houston. Does anybody want to win this division, Tucker, or can we keep them out of it? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a tough one, and that's one I think at the beginning of the year we all looked at, and even just looking at the the four quarterbacks, right? Like if Derek Carr is head and shoulders the best quarterback in that division, you're Let's scratching see. your head and and wondering maybe I want to be you know one of the wild card teams in the playoffs and go play. The winner of that division in the first round because I, I don't want to ha- have to deal with a, a team maybe like the second place team in the NFC West or East in, in the postseason. But yeah, you look at that and I don't know. I, I just I if you ask me to pick a team, I don't know if I could. I mean, maybe Tampa because I think they've flashed the most, but I, I think New Orleans might have the highest ceiling and the best offensive weaponry, and, and I think their defense can get there. Um, I mean, the one team I would count out is Carolina and. I mean, watching that game and, you know, Desmond Ritter, I think may have had the worst sequence of any quarterback in football this week, watching him in the fourth quarter against Washington, just continually blow the game like two or three times that I think they had a chance to maybe make something happen. He couldn't come up with it, but I mean, there's six games. I know Bryce Young doesn't have great weapons, but has he impressed anybody? Has has he done anything great? Like as CJ Stroud kind of does well, and Anthony Richardson, one of the worst flashes history is i don't know i I think what they gave up for bryce young and everything that they've kind of counted on him being the guy 
we're six weeks in and I know he doesn't have a lot of help, but I haven't seen any flashes to think that when he does get the help, he's going to be the guy. He does not instill confidence. does not make me feel confident about saying great things about him. And, and yeah, I, that, that trade could set this organization back even further than they already were. You get rid of DJ Moore, but the bears are walking into the first overall pick with that trade. I, I don't think the Panthers can get out of last. I, Unless they win a couple games in the division, who who are the Panthers going to beat? They like their defense looked a bit better today, but maybe that like that that offense isn't scaring anyone. And I I actually think this was one of his better games, and that's not great news. But uh, what I'll say, I mean, it's still early, and I do think the no weapons thing. If your best weapon is a an, an older Adam Thielen, who that's your only option for really moving the offense. They're not taking a ton of shots, probably because they can't take a ton of shots down the field. They don't really have the, the people to do that. I, I think there are caveats here for Young. But yeah, they're not winning the division. But the other three, if you told me any of the other three won, if the Falcons make the move to Heineke and actually have something resembling stable quarterback play, I'm not saying Taylor Heineke's great, but something resembling stable quarterback play, then you know maybe that's there. If Baker Mayfield can continue to play okay, then maybe they win it. If Derek Carr can figure out how to move this offense that Andy Dalton was able to move last year, by the way, uh, we're going to keep talking about this. Andy Dalton was able to keep that passing game moving and relatively efficient last year, and we have not seen that from Derek Carr, and that seems to be a red flag. Uh, that's 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 a little bit of a concern that I have. But yeah, this division is... It's wide open. That's one of the reasons why we didn't, we weren't super excited about Desmond Ritter and the Falcons, but we were like, well, this division's wide open. The Falcons improved their defense. That's why we have some bets on the Falcons to make the playoffs to win the division. But I, I don't feel good about those right now. And yet they could finish what seven and 10 in the division. Is that, is that where we're headed with one of these teams? I don't know. Yes. Yes, that is where we're headed. And and I think they can turn it around. He he was awful today and they still could have won the game. He could not get a snap off. It if you we talked about the Malik Willis situation. If you go look at that last drive, that might be one of the worst efforts of a game tying or game winning drive ever witnessed. They couldn't even snap the ball. They had to waste a timeout after not calling a timeout. And it, it was just yeah. I they have to make a move to Heineke just just because at some point in time. And I don't think he's the answer either, but yeah. They had a red zone possession. I think it was against the Packers. I think it was the game they won that they came back and won. They had a red zone possession against the Packers. That was wild. It was, and there were penalties on both sides. It's like, I think it was 12 plays. It was the wildest thing. So if you ever want to just have some, some fun, go and watch that, that one. I believe it was against the Packers with Ritter. What about any other waiver wire people we missed? Maybe Ezekiel Elliott, Ramondi Stevenson came back in the game. Ezekiel Elliott should have had a long touchdown in that game. Yeah, he, teams yeah. again. I'll always be an Ezekiel Elliott fan, so i kind of disappointed that I saw Ramondre come back there. But T- Taysom Hill was a guy today. Uh, he's Derek Carr's new favorite weapon. He was he targeted him eight times, and every time he looked, looked his way, he was firing the ball his way, and He's tight end eligible in some leagues. Uh, some sites have him as a quarterback. We'll get into that dispute later. But he came out of nowhere today, and they seem to have him running a route at tight end every play. And he looked pretty good doing it. So Taysom Hill's a guy that should be on people's radar moving forward. 
Yeah, and it doesn't seem like Juwan Johnson is anywhere close to playing Tucker, right? Like he didn't practice at all this week, right? So he doesn't seem anywhere. No, close. he hasn't been a been a part of anything, and I don't think he's practiced the last two or three weeks. And they really haven't done anything with their tight ends. Like Taysom Hill, I guess is technically a tight end. I don't really count him when we're going through their depth chart. Like I think of Adam Troutman as their next tight end, but well, yeah, they haven't, Troutman, they haven't done anything. Adam Troutman's in Denver. A uh, Foster Moreau they brought over. Foster and, Moreau. That's what I was thinking of. Then, I was thinking yeah. of other injured tight ends, such as Greg Dulcich out, out in Denver. There have been a lot of bad tight ends for the second straight year. We're, we're dealing with a lot of backup tight ends, and unfortunately, they're all incredibly forgettable. Yeah, and then Jimmy Graham is also on that team still, although I haven't seen him get a ton, ton of... By the way, we... I feel like we didn't talk about that ever, that Jimmy Graham just is back in our lives now. Like, and we, it I, happened I in still haven't August. figured out if that's real or if it's a joke. Like, there's no way he's back, it, like, for real. That is not a real I watched him. I, it could have been a mistake in the simulation, but I watched him catch a touchdown pass, I'm pretty sure, a few weeks ago. So I don't, I don't know. Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham's back. What a time to be alive. Please bring back 2015. Uh, I did enjoy that time in my life. So that's about it for us. Um, oh, another wild week. Unfortunately, another wild week of injuries. What are we looking for kind of moving forward, Tucker? What, do you, what are we thinking about moving forward? Uh, I'm excited to see PJ Walker again. I mean, my fellow Temple Owl, a guy who I went to school with all four years, who I watched from the time he was you know, 18 and a three-star prospect coming out of New Jersey and came to Temple and led us to back-to-back -to -back 10 win seasons. Went to the uh, XFL, absolutely dominated, and now here he is with another starting job. I mean, Deshaun Watson, you can sit at home and nurse that shoulder all you want. Let P.J. Walker out here in the weak AFC North just, just start racking up wins. I mean, P.J. Walker against Gardner Minshew next week. Just feels like a matchup built for prime time. I'm excited for that. And then if Deshaun Watson comes back, I'm back to, to not caring about the Browns again. That was the most I've ever watched the Browns, and I didn't enjoy it. Like, I feel bad for all our colleagues from the Ohio area who are Cleveland Browns fans because there are some teams you watch and, like, you're just miserable watching them. I felt that way watching the Browns today. Like, it, it was a great win. It was a fun win. It was an exciting game. It's a miserable experience rooting for the Browns. Yeah, it, it wasn't fun. But, um, hey, they won. So that's all that matters. What about you, Curtis? I'm excited to watch Tarod in a couple of minutes. I, I, I think he might give the Giants a little bit of a spark that they haven't had. Uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. I think there's going to be some points scored. I don't think the Giants are going to stop the Bills at all, but I think this might be one of the games where the Giants can actually punch back a little. Are they going to cover 15 points? I don't know, but I think this is going to be the best we've seen their offense tonight. And, and I'm just looking forward to when we can have Caleb Williams, Drake May, and maybe Bo Nix. Like, so the, we're getting so deep into these quarterback injuries that some of these games were almost unwatchable today. We're, we're getting into some really poor quarterback play and the teams are struggling as a result. And I want to make football fun again. Can we have some more rules to support some scoring? I, yeah, that's actually my kind of looking forward, takeaway, whatever is uh, the product is bad. The quarterback play is bad. Uh, maybe the quad box on YouTube TV was a mistake that I get to, that I have to watch four of those games at the same time. It's just, it's not, it's not been pretty. It has not been pretty. Even the good teams are not winning. I mean, we're now we, six weeks in and we have no more undefeated teams. It's just, it's, it's been a, it's been a very odd year.
And so hopefully we get to see some improvement. And hopefully, like you said, we get an influx of quarterbacks coming in. Riley Leonard's also on that lakes. Michael Penix. This appears to be a pretty good class of quarterbacks. And so especially at the top with Caleb Williams and Drake May. So hopefully we get some an influx of quarterbacks and, and we're feeling a lot better about things. All right, that's it for us. We'll be back next Sunday, 730 Eastern to recap week seven. Um, hopefully a a more a, a less injury filled and more exciting week seven. We'll always hope for that for the best. Make sure you stay tuned to the Sharp Angles podcast feed. We have a ton coming up this week. Make sure you go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can get all of our content for this week. Remember, you can use the code Angles for 15% off any of our packages. And we will be back to talk to you soon.